Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Park Report podcast interview. Hope everybody's doing okay out there. This is Roy Avon. Got another great interview for you today. Uh, and as always, just follow progreport.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for any previous interviews or things you might have missed. If you're familiar with the band The Enid, then you're probably familiar with my guest, Joe Payne, or That Joe Payne as he goes by. He is a fantastic singer. He has a brand new album on the way called By Name, By Nature. Comes out on August 7th. I'm really happy to welcome That Joe Payne. Hey, how are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? Good, thanks. So, uh, well, good to meet you, man. It's sort of weird. I mean, um, yeah. a band like the the Enid is not one we're familiar with mm-hmm. as much over here, right? And, and I think you sort yeah. of acknowledged that when we, when we spoke earlier. But um, obviously familiar with the name, and I've seen some videos and, you know, things like that. I know it's a long-time running, uh, 40-year band, right? I mean, this is a pretty legendary yeah. prog group. I- ancient an ancient band yeah you say. and uh <laughs> yeah but but oddly enough just not one that uh gets mentioned that much here in the states i guess for whatever for whatever reason so i guess some of the st- stuff you've done with them has flown under the radar especially for me i'm sorry to say but i'm happy to have gotten a chance to hear your solo record and i've been really really into it i'm really excited about it so uh i like when that happens <laughs> I like that it happens too. <laughs> you know, I get I'm obsessive about uh, discovering. Uh, I guess that's the word, but like le- or learning about a, a an artist, you know, and then sort of the beauty of YouTube and Spotify and starting to figure out, okay, well, what have I missed, and what do you listen to, and see what's out there, and I love that whole thing. It's really cool. There's so much there, whereas you know, twenty, thirty years ago, you couldn't do that. It's lucky that there is still stuff there, actually, because when I when I left the Enid, uh, they actually deleted everything from um, from Spotify or oh, from YouTube, not from Spotify. Although they were threatening to do that as well, <laughs> so I uh, I ended up um, kind of just all of my all of my life's work at the time just suddenly felt like uh, I'd been written out of history, which wow. was pretty gutting. Yeah. Um, but then uh, over, over the years, it's all sort of cropped back up on there where people have sort of re-uploaded it, where they had a copy of it or whatever. And um, there's a bunch of stuff up there now. Luckily, we had had loads of DVDs and stuff released. So there was just footage available, really. So, yeah. So it's like lucky that there's still a record of it. <laughs> <Somewhere>. <laughs> Your life's work wasn't erased from history. And, and mind yeah, you, to, to be erased off the Internet is not an easy task these days no not no it's not no that's the thing yeah um yeah i think i think if you're an old band like the enid um certainly with some of the uh some some of the age demographics that they are maybe took that for granted (laughs) for for anybody that wants to see a band with that's got to be the most lineups of any band i've seen if you go on, on the wikipedia page it's it's a lot of lineups there's a lot of people that are coming in and out. Um, yeah. And to be honest with you, anyone that had left before me, I don't think I, I think I've only met like one or two of them. Uh-huh. Um, so people, that... people don't stay in touch with the band after they leave it. <laughs> I'm going to try and be as diplomatic as possible. There's no, there's no family, re- there's no family reunions every year around Christmas. 
<laughs> that's I mean um I, I want to talk about the the band and and the album a little bit but for, uh, first let me uh let me just uh mention the record so it comes out August 7th it's called by name by nature that's um, it. And, uh, and very very cool record um when you were uh starting out uh what how'd you get into a band like Dean because one uh, a lot older than you and two uh mostly an instrumental band largely right so how does that even happen well uh, it's a, a interesting story i suppose so i i was intending to become an actor when i was uh, at university that was what i was originally studying um i ended up having to leave my course to take care of something at home um so i so i kind of felt like i'd had to give up my dreams for a greater cause at the time and uh that that was obviously not an easy decision for me to make but i had to channel my creativity in another way so i decided to go into music and that was something that uh, I found much easier to build around other things in my life. Uh, so I was able to kind of like take care of things at home as well as go and study business management, which is what I ended up studying, hmm. uh, which has actually turned out to be an incredibly useful <laughs> tool for me. Uh, and I did music on the side. So I was uh, just a young kind of indie rock singer. I wanted to make a record so i went to a recording studio which happened to be the enid recording studio and uh they kind of they kind of recruited me if you like hmm. after, I, after hearing you you know sing your, uh, some of your own stuff there is that was that it well you'd think that but actually um i don't think many of them had actually heard me sing uh they just knew that i was a really keen young uh, up and coming artist and that I wanted so badly to get into the music industry. So they ended up putting me in charge of their record label and I started to run the record label for them uh, because they were independent. So just, just like I am now really, except I, I don't have as many kind of like uh, strings attached with like label names and things. I just go independent it's just easier (laughs) but uh but yeah so i was running the label for them um i did that for for a while i was a backing vocalist for them for a while and uh then eventually uh and i still don't think many of them had actually heard me sing by the time we got to this stage but eventually i got upgraded to lead vocalist (laughs) and uh, started writing the music with them and uh becoming the front man of the band and um next thing you know I become like the uh, point of contact uh, and the one that gets interviewed. And uh, right. I kind of, it, it, I started to build up my profile just because I was kind of the, the man in the office as well. Right. Kind of handling all the, all the uh, interactions between the press or between other business angles, like uh, whoever was dealing with distribution or whatever, you know, they'd always talk to me. So it was, um, yeah, like I, I was very busy, uh, but yeah, they, they needed someone to do it. And I was, I was, I was well up for it. And that's how, that's how it happened. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> um, and for them to, to run with that and sort of change a little bit the style they were doing and have vocals and, and uh, uh, I mean, 
I can't believe they took that long to hear you sing. I, I find that insane. <laughs> but but because well, your voice is, I, I mean, it's 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 a powerful, you know, strong voice, right? I mean, it's it's a good, great voice. So uh, you. you know, that's that's pretty amazing. Um, I, what prompted you to leave? I mean, I read. I, I doing some research. I read a, a little bit about, uh, you know, the, there was a press release or something that came out, you know. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, I mean, my big reason for leaving was because I had a mental breakdown, but I also had to, I had to really kind of look in the mirror and, and, and think to myself, you know, what's caused this? What are the, what are the things that are not healthy for me? What's what's toxic in my life? And I need to, needed to kind of draw a line under all those things if I was ever going to recover. Um, and you know, I, I, I don't want to I don't want to slander anybody. Um, so I, I'll do my best to be diplomatic uh, yeah. when I talk about it. But um, <laughs> but but you know, ultimately, uh, my relationship within the Enid um, and with some of the members of the band was it wasn't a healthy one um and i would certainly say that you know there were conflicts of interest there was jealousy uh there was you know all the things you expect to have in a band which is kind of the big reason why i'm a solo artist now because you know i've i've been there done it it's not my that wasn't my first band it's happened before you know these these things happen if it's I not, be a it's solo not artist, the last time I've a band breaks up for exactly you know, not you know, getting so along I've, or whatever it is yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I just thought I've been there before. Yeah. I I've been there multiple times. Uh, I'm always going to be open to working with other musicians and collaborating. But and I and I do. I do other projects as well as this one. Uh, but I just think um, it's it makes more sense for me to make my my main project my own because like ultimately I no one else can sabotage that for me. I I am responsible right. for my own success this way. Um, and uh, I, I believe that I can do things uh, ultimately, well, not on my own, but be the leader of my own work. You know, I, I, I strongly feel that way. Um, so, 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 yeah, so I, I think uh, my, my story really with the Enid is probably no different to anyone else's story in yeah. any bad breakup. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, ask any number of bands. I mean, it happens. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sure. So then you go uh, and start working on this solo record, right? I mean, um, a couple of the songs on it have been out, uh, I guess, as sort of one-off singles or things that, that you've put out over time. But how long have you really been working on this? And, uh, you know, when did you decide it's done finally? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I it took me a couple of years from the start of my breakdown to be able to uh, feel ready to record and write again. Um, so I ended up, I kind of started with the bonus tracks rather than the official <laughs> tracks. So things like Moonlit Love, um, where I've taken Beethoven's Moonlit Sonata and transformed it into a kind of pop ballad. That was a big stepping stone for me because I needed to kind of build up my confidence. I needed to really study the uh, I re- needed to really study the science behind composition, which is something I'd never really bothered to do before. I, I I always had a very natural ability for music, but I hadn't really properly educated myself in how to approach something in order to get the best out of it. Um, 
so I so I thought right if I'm going to do this on my own this is my first solo project you know so I thought, if I'm going to do this on my own I've got to really study um so so I had to do some kind of uh kind of test pieces where I thought right I'm going to work around someone else's music first <laughs> and learn and learn <laughs> the, the trade well, some people myself. do that it's right some some artists starting out uh, on something exactly like that put out a cover yeah. song first all the time that, that yeah. happens often really yeah yeah so it was exactly the same as that it was kind of i i don't i wasn't sure if i had faith in my own music yet um and i was really i was kind of avoiding uh the inevitable because i i just kind of uh wasn't sure what people would think of my own music so I started with something that um I knew that the fan base I already had would like and you know with the with the Enid fan base it's very much about the kind of classical crossover yeah element so so it was quite a safe way for me to kind of like dip my toe um and that and that was about two and a half years ago and then it's been the project the producing the album's actually been a much slower process than I expected it to be because most of the songs that I've that I've used um, were have been written in my head for years, right. and it it it's taken a lot longer than expected. I think purely because of the um, of the mental turmoil and uh, trust I have within myself to get it right, um, and I needed to kind of put out singles. And sort of take a new risk with each single and, and test the water and see if it was going to be uh, worthwhile me taking these risks just in case I needed to backtrack or something. But actually, I like people always responded so well to things. By the end of the production process, right. I actually felt like I could just do anything I wanted. So now I just feel like I have the record that I wanted to make, which is great. Yeah. I and mean, one of those singles before was. Uh... What is the world coming to? Right, that was released yes. already well, a while back. I mean, if you can't get a great response from a track like that, I, that is an amazing song. Thank <laughs> really, you. Really. <laughs> that's the song I keep listening to right now. I'll tell you, that's the song that's been Uh-oh. stuck in my head for for a while since I started listening to it. I think it's fantastic. Um, oh, I'm so pleased. Yeah, that's great stuff, man. Um, I find a lot of uh, and and tell me if this is off base or or I, I assume it wouldn't be an insult, but I feel there's a lot of Queen, Freddie Mercury sort of influence uh-huh. in there. Would that be correct in, in saying that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, as a as a teenager, when I kind of like started to uh, discover my dad's record collection, although it wasn't really a record collection, it was more a CD collection because <laughs> right. records were done by then. <laughs> but but any, anything he kind of was into, he he ended up kind of like buying the greatest hits on a CD. Um, and so I would kind of nick the greatest hits. So, so a lot of these, a lot of these people I'm influenced by, I've not actually ever heard of their albums. <laughs> I've just heard them great hits. Right. Uh, but sure. you know, it, for for me, the people that I was most influenced by during my teenage years, I'd say, um, it was kind of like Freddie Mercury. It was David Bowie. Um, War of the Worlds was a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of the only prog albums I really ever strongly got into as a child, to be honest. Um, and uh, then, like, we, I don't know, if, have you heard of Top of the Pops? The, the show, sure. The British uh, yeah, yeah. show mm-hmm. where they you'd hear new music every week. And they have another thing called Top of the Pops 2, which kind of takes you back to um, old 
performances from the years that were kind of considered significant. So from that, I kind of discovered um, people like Kate Bush and uh, they'd show like the amazing Peter Gabriel videos and stuff. So, right. so these are the kind of influences that's what it sounds like to the prop genre really (laughs) yeah i mean look it's weird because even the stuff uh that i've heard on the records that you did with the enid it it falls in into the prog world for sure but it's not genesis or yes and Mm. a million notes and you know that kind of stuff it's it's not that like that at all and even your album i mean it's as much a pop record as as it could be a prog record. I think. Are you, where are you trying to f- put yourself now, right? Because the the title track single is far, couldn't be farther away from the Enid, right? I think that we could say that. <laughs> and it's still yet really cool and interesting. And I love how you, I love how the chorus has that Joe Payne as as a line in there. I think that it's just really cool. Um, you know, I actually had a, I actually had a. Um, a real kind of like, uh, oh, what do you call it? Just, just like a, a milestone moment the other day, because I, I, so I've been very blessed with just having really, really great feedback about this album from the fans and from people in the press, and uh, everyone's just had such lovely things to say about it, and uh, and I've, I've just not really seen any negative comments, which has surprised me because I, I think <laughs> I think it's potentially like quite a quite a divisive record when it comes to people's tastes but um, I finally saw one the other day which is a, a response to a prog magazine article <laughs> someone said who writes a song about themselves <laughs> hey why not and I was like yes finally someone asked that question because um, I was kind of I've been waiting for someone to ask me that you know why no, I thought that was like well, like a really cool, a really cool thing to do, and again, it may, it, <laughs> it very much felt like something Freddie Mercury would do. You know, he mm. had a solo album where it was called, you know, Mister Bad Guy, and it was I don't think he ever said his name in it, but it was, it sort of had that kind of, kind of vibe where he's almost playing a character in there, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and so that was I, that's where I had that thought. But you know what's cool about? I mean, a lot of prog fans and i think i i count myself in that group is that you like the long songs and the epics and you know all that kind of stuff that is considered progressive rock but you also like good melodies and harmonies and things and people oh, yeah. that, people that like progressive rock tend to mostly like bands like queen and the beatles and david bowie and you know things like that as well and so you can live in both worlds if you if if the pop you're doing is sort of interesting you can yeah. make it work and you don't that audience accepts it i i found anyway i feel like that's true yeah absolutely absolutely i mean you know there's there's been some amazing pop records over the years that uh people love you know i i uh like jerry ewing for example from prog magazine the editor of prog magazine he's completely obsessed with toto right and, yeah and like I am a hundred percent behind that you yeah, know? Sure. because because you know it's it's great songwriting, it's just absolutely fantastic songwriting and i i i certainly um I certainly think I'm an example of someone who puts the melody first uh, I always start with that I always start with the melody if 
if uh, like I, I never begin with just like a groove or just some chords and see what fits with it or anything like that. That's not my writing process at all. Melody comes first. I explore what the harmonic uh, opportunities are with that melody. And uh, and that's where the song starts. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll like. And then, then you I'll, can then sort I'll, of, and then, then I can worry about the groove. That's you know? it. And now, and then what prog music does is is take that and go. All right, I'll add a few bits in here, and I'll play around with it a little bit. And then you. Yeah, get... I like to stick in the odd uh, bar of five four just to throw people off a bit. Yeah. Get them exactly. to trip up. The dance. Um, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> uh, great ballads on it too. Um, I particularly like uh, "End of the Tunnel," which I think is a great song for today's world today's world yeah. of of living at home and in, in the coronavirus absolutely um, it couldn't it couldn't have been better timed really could it <laughs> yeah yeah totally how are you handling that by the way being being a musician and getting ready to release an album and i'm sure you would have preferred to have been out playing or promoting it or doing whatever so i mean how is how is that going for you well i mean i i was supposed to be doing what would have been the most ambitious tour of my life this year. Um, not not ambitious in that it was there was so many dates, although gig-wise I was actually busier this year than I've ever been because I'm involved with so many other projects as well. Um, but yeah, so my own tour, I, I was I was a bit back into theatres, which is something I haven't been able to do since I've been in. Um, we, we extended this like big uh, LED video screen, which... Um, you know, it, it wouldn't look very big in a stadium, but in a in a kind of small theatre, it looks rather massive because it's about six metres wide by four metres high. And, uh, yeah, we had, like, a platform built in front of that, and it was all uh, for me to do, like, interactive visuals um, with what was going on, and then that that's all timed with a click that the band played to, and it's this really, like, uh, audio-visual interactive... Very cool extravaganza experience you know <laughs> so so we put so much work into it months and months of work went into this show and then we got to perform one of them and then the following week lockdown happened yeah um which was absolutely gutting because I, I was just like so ready for this album launch and the show and everything but to be honest with you it's actually it actually uh worked out in my favor because i ended up having more time to spend on uh finishing off the album i ended up adding an extra track which became the intro track which wasn't actually intended to go on the album um i was always in two minds about whether or not i wanted to do it so i i pulled it initially Mm. Uh, and then once i suddenly realized i had more time to spend i went you know what sod it let's let's put it on because if people are going to be sitting at home uh with less to do um like my instinct was that people that love music, people that love music are more likely to want to actually indulge in it properly and sit down and really yeah. listen to the record. And I, and I thought this is the best time for us to do anything that's, that might be considered self-indulgent. Let's just, let's just put the intro track on. Let's really create more of an experience. Whereas originally I thought, let's just go straight in with the title track and get straight to the point so that we don't lose anybody. No, so, I think so it's cool. Yeah. Great. So that's, so that's worked in my favor. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been nice to kind of, uh, just to kind of do things at a pace that works for me because I knew I was going to be so busy this year 
um, and it's completely changed everything. Um, yeah. I live above a pub, so I uh, I've actually got like a whole beer garden to myself. <laughs> Is it open? <laughs> Had a beer garden to myself. It's the pub's not going to be. Open. I think they're opening pubs again in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, so pubs have been closed for about three months now. So I've crazy. had a whole pub and beer gone to myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, a lot of uh, musicians are uh, using this time to write another album really quick. Mm. Do, you, do you see yourself doing that? Having having just finished one, could you see yourself now with more time to kill, just turning around a, a, a record quicker? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been... Um, I've been kind of sketching the ideas out. Uh, I already, before before lockdown started, I'd actually already finished one track for the next album anyway, um, which was actually written for a film, a, the, a film that was being made locally to me. Um, and the film crew got in touch uh, asking if I'd like to be involved because they, they, actually, well, they actually needed a dancer for this film. They needed someone to like come in and do a little cameo in a kind of Fred Astaire style. Uh-huh. Is that are you doing dance. that too? And I well I, I I've I've dabbled a bit in dance. Um and I I took part in some uh, ballroom dancing competitions last year as well. Um which was all just a bit of fun. Um but <laughs> they needed somebody that was kind of local that could step in at the last minute and uh I I just took took the role. Um and then they found that they couldn't get the rights for the song that they wanted to use. Um, so they asked me if I had any, anything in my back catalogue. And I just said, you know what, actually, I've got the perfect song for this film, but it's still locked up in my head. It's not come out yet. So I'm just going to, like, smash it out and do you a demo. And then we'll film it to the demo, and then I'll uh, do a more official version of it for you later. So so that's that one's done. That's sorted. Um, yes. And I kind of know what my what the... Uh, I kind of know where I'm going with the rest of the album now off the back of that. <laughs> well, cool. I mean, you're, and look, you, it, you've got to feel confident with the response you've had off this album that you can keep following whatever direction, you know, you want to do. So that's got to be pretty good. Um, I wanted to ask you, and I should ask this probably sooner, but the, the, that Joe Payne moniker that you go by, where did that come from at, you know, do people well, the, call you just Joe, though, right? I mean, so... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people call me Joe, usually. <laughs> <laughs> Not that. Um, I mean, it's 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 something that didn't catch on straight away. Um, it, it took a bit of getting used to for people because I'd been known as Joe Payne, just Joe Payne, for so long. Um, and it, it, was, it was definitely a bit of a kind of like resistance with it people being like why are you calling yourself that um but the truth is the the song actually came first so the by name by nature song was actually dreamt up i was probably walking my dog or something which is what i'm normally doing when i come up with music and i just it was just that joe pain will be no good to you uh and it and it just led from there and I, i just thought wow like if I if I launch as that Joe Payne and bring this song out, it's just going to tie everything together. Everyone's going to understand it. Um, but also, like I mean, at the same time, I've always wanted to jazz my name up anyway. Yeah. Um, I've always felt, you know, Joe is like a very common name for a start. 
there's there's not anything particularly like sorry to anyone else that's called pain but there's not anything particularly kind of romantic about the name pain um and i think the way i was feeling at the time when i when i first started working again as a solo artist um i definitely felt very under scrutiny i i always felt that i was kind of under the i always felt i was under a lot of pressure from my old fan base with the enid and that there was like kind of a need for me to meet expectations and that i'd be very scrutinized if i did anything they didn't like um so I was I was very ready to like kind of go ahead as a solo artist and do something that was more pop and a bit more mainstream and I was very expectant that I was going to have a load of fingers pointing at me saying that Joe Payne you've ruined it you've <laughs> ruined my life right. I hate you, you know? and so and so this is kind of the these are the feelings I had that led to um, the name and it, it led to uh, the whole kind of concept of the album which is really although it's although it's got a lot of fun pop elements to it uh it's actually very um self-deprecating and uh you know that's that's just where i was in my frame of mind but at the same time i wanted to challenge uh those thoughts and feelings that people might have had about me where i felt like maybe they weren't going to accept me and just challenge that with uh, adding more pop and being way more like obvious with my own kind of uh, my own kind of background and interests and and just what I grew up with, which is you know before before discovering all these nice prog related solo artists and uh, kind of crossover bands. Ultimately, I I grew up on a diet of things like Britney Spears and NSYNC. You know that that was that was just the generation I was. So it's very much in there. You know, it's yeah. a very kind of there's a very, very big Britney influence in there as well. <laughs> yeah, don't scare anyone that's listening. Okay, yeah, okay, good. <laughs> Off the record. Uh, you're right. Uh, uh, before we, before we, uh, before we end, uh, so if if you wanted to uh, teach or inform someone about the Enid, about your time with the Enid, what are maybe three songs you'd want them to listen to? so that we could share with people your time in the band and say, check these few songs out. Okay. I think, I think that's quite, that's actually quite an easy one. The fact you're giving me three. Okay. Uh, because uh, I've, I've kind of had to go through this process of deciding that already when it comes to um, knowing which songs to use in my set right. while I built up my solo work. Um, so I was touring and using, uh, some of the Enid's old material in order to kind of like bulk out the set. And uh, the the obvious one, first of all, is one called One of the Many, yeah, which is where I sing in the countertenor voice and it's a big 10-minute epic. Um, that kind of is the song that I ended up getting my reputation for, certainly in the UK and in some parts of Europe. Um the demand for that song has always been so high, mm-hmm. um, almost as high as I sing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, but uh, yeah, like it, it, it became a really staple thing, and like we, we couldn't do a show without opening or closing with it for the whole time I was in the band. Yeah, so, so it became a really, really significant piece, um, 
and it is so it's so different to anything else that's out there like it, it's it's very memorable i can't 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 knock that so so i guess yeah. that that would be the main one um then there was there was another one that was very kind of uplifting and i think people always think it's got a very kind of like uh spiritual and even christian uh background to it because mm-hmm. it's uh called someone shall rise and i think most people think it's about like the, the uh second coming of jesus or something <laughs> right. but uh, but actually and the resurrection and all this stuff but uh it's it's not really but i'll, I'll keep to myself what it's really about is i'll let ed- everyone have their own um uh meaning to it i think that's important but uh yeah someone shall rise which was from the album dust right yeah, that's a great uh, that, song. Which was, yep. that was the last album I did with the band. Um, I actually left the band just uh, a, a few weeks after that album came out. Um, so yeah, like it, it was. I, I remember singing it and like being quite choked up because I knew what was coming, you know. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's a really. I love that song. It's a really moving song. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one is another track off Invicta, where which follows one of the many, which is um, "Who Created Me." Which I was going to say, that I, that song's amazing. That's a great thank song. You. Yeah, thank, thank you very much. Uh, and uh, obviously, I'm biased for these three songs because I I was kind of the key writer for them as well. Mm-hmm. Not not to say I was like the key writer for everything. Right. <laughs> we did uh, like those particular three. Um, I was a key writer for, but but like interestingly, they were quite popular as well with with the fan base, which is fantastic. Um, so yeah, who created me was one where the band actually hated playing it. Really, um, it's, it has this yeah, an amazing chorus. It's so it's so cool the transition in there. I think it's really interesting. Good, thanks. Uh, it's just like, yeah, the band the band didn't like playing it really because they they kind of felt it was um, a very basic song. Which, to be fair, like I didn't really know much about <laughs> any songwriting or anything at the time. Well, so they, it's ba- they I mean, of, it may they, be basic for a prog band, I, I I guess, but but it's not basic in reality at all. Um, I don't think songwriting wise and lyrically, it's it's really interesting, like great writing. So thank you. Uh, yeah. I, I, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree with uh, that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you disagree because I, I still have it in my set now. And, and my, my current band, I asked them, like, I said to them, like, let's, let's just keep one Enid song in the, in the set. Which of the songs do you enjoy playing the most? And, and who created me was the one they chose. They, they absolutely love playing it. I, I really enjoy playing it now because I, whereas I didn't play the piano in the unit, I've learned to play that Robert John Godfrey keyboard part. Mm-hmm. So uh, I get to really smash it out with them as well, which is really fun. Um, and uh, yeah, like they just ended up being this huge demand for that song, um, which none of us at the time actually expected. Um, and uh, yeah, like uh, for some reason the band just uh, didn't, really want to play it there was a lot of resistance to us actually using it um and and it was purely because there was a demand from the audience to perform there there is a cool live uh version of that song floating around on youtube which we which we talked about earlier but if you search up the Enid who created me it's a great live version of that um 
that is worth checking out, I think. Is it live at Crescendo? The, I think uh, so. I think so. It's it's and, with two songs. It's with that and uh, Witch Hunt. Witch Hunt. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. a great performance. I love that. Yeah. That's very good. <laughs> that, was yeah. A, that was like one of my favorite shows to do, that show. Yeah, very it's cool. really special one. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Let's recap a little bit. So, uh, the that Joe Payne album, uh, by name by nature, out August seventh. The lyric video for the title track is out now, uh, and some other stuff is out online if you want to check out on Spotify or 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 whatever. Um, but hey, an amazing singer and somebody you guys, uh, everybody should get to to know. I think it's uh, if you haven't been aware. So, uh, good to meet you, man. This is a lot of fun. Really great to meet you too, Roy. All right, man. And good luck yeah, with the record. I, Anything else you're doing, just, you know, send it our way. Thanks so much. I hope we can do this again sometime. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we can all get out of our homes. Yes. Yes. Sooner rather than later. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Be well. Talk to you soon. Oh, great. Great to chat. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Joe for the interview. Don't forget his album by name by nature comes out on August 7th. We're going to close with the title track. For upcoming news and interviews, please follow theparkreport.com, follow us on Facebook, at The Park Report on Twitter and Instagram. You can download the podcast on all our podcast networks and check it out on YouTube. See you soon. Thanks. The thing about you is, you're a mess. You think you understand me. I make you a mess. And the thing about you is, no one would believe Somebody who is younger Somebody so naive The thing about you is Everything you say Is part of my agenda To make the world gay And the thing about you is You don't have a voice So let me say it for you I can see standing there waiting for somebody
Good to you, that Joe Pain gonna ruin your life. That Joe Pain is a real bad loser. That Joe Pain will keep you up all night. That Joe Pain only wants to use you. That Joe Pain will bite. Thank